Hello and welcome to the Sleep Teacher Pod, the podcast for all the parents out there who just want sleep. I'm Christy, owner of The Sleep Teacher, and I am joined by my colleague, Beth. If you are in the trenches of sleep deprivation, we see you, we feel you, and trust us, this podcast is going to become your new BFF. We want you to know that you can still be a lovingly attached parent and get good sleep. You don't have to choose between the two. So pop Bub in the carrier, grab yourself a coffee, put those headphones in, because we have all the sleep tips coming your way. Let's get napping, Mama. Hello, I'm Christy and I'm from The Sleep Teacher and today I am joined by my colleague, Beck. Hi guys. We are here today to talk to you all about the cot to bed transition because we know you have questions about this because you fill our inboxes with them. (laughs) (laughs) Some of the main things I guess that we see is usually is when is the right time? Or my baby hates the cot, can I put them in a bed? No. <laughs> and usually we we'll say like, no, no, you will keep them in that cot as long as possible <laughs> because we all know that those good little sleepers in a cot can often turn to not so good sleepers if we make that move a little bit too early or perhaps for the wrong reason. Yeah, to try and help fix a sleep problem. And that is why we are doing this app today so that hopefully we can answer all those questions and make sure that you make that transition at the right time. And it is as smooth as possible. So when is the right time? I guess for us, usually the main thing we would look at is first their age. It's something you don't want to do too early. I know that it can be so exciting. Like you get so excited. <laughs> Your little one's growing up. It's an exciting time. Let's get them a bed. But They can make, like we said before, those good sleepers, not so good sleepers if not done at the right time. So age, I guess typically we would say try not to do before the age of two and a half if you can avoid it. Before the age of two and a half, there's a lot of impulse control that hasn't quite developed yet. So it can be hard for them when they've been contained to a cot, I guess, and they've got that boundary, that rail, keeping them in their cot nice and safe and contained. We remove that (laughs) and then initially... It might look like it's all going well. And like we commonly refer to it as the grace period. You'll get that little bit of a grace period where you think, yeah, they're so ready for this. They're fine. And then once they realize they can get out, that's where things can start to sort of fall apart. And they, yeah, you might find that you get yourself into a little bit of a game where they come out and they think it's fun and you pop them back in and that can go on for quite a while. Mm, Definitely. (laughs) So that's where making the move after the age of like two and a half, three, like three is, look, to be honest, I think there's a lot more impulse control at three than there is at two and a half, but just making sure that they've developed that and they understand that they need to stay in that bed. And the other thing that we do recommend a lot though too is when you do make that transition to a bed, pop a baby gate on because even if they do have that impulse control, it can still become a game where they do realize they can come in and out of that room and you might find there's a little bit of bed hopping happening in the night. Well, it's a newfound freedom. So naturally, we can expect them to want to push some boundaries to see, hey, like how's mum and dad going to react to this? Uh, and what I can do now. Yeah. And, you know, toddlers don't mind too much why you're in that room or why you're coming back. They just love the fact that mum and dad keep popping in or having that interaction with them to delay bedtime essentially is what the outcome of the toddler is. So yeah, it can be hard unless your toddler is climbing out and it's a safety issue. 
we would always say waiting is best and making sure sleep is sorted as well before you make the transition. Yeah, moving to a bed isn't going to solve your sleep problems. No, it will heighten them. (laughs) (laughs) You need to solve any sleep issues before you even contemplate going to a bed. So yeah, first thing first, age, at least two and a half. When you do make that transition, like we just said before, a baby gate is a great idea because it helps to act as impulse control, helps to essentially turn their room into a cot. So just remove that little bit of temptation that they may have to come in and out of the room and get in and out of the bed. Because what we do find quite commonly is when families make that transition for one reason or another a little too soon, you can find yourself in the pattern of having to assist or like sit with or lay with your toddler to get them to sleep, whereas previously you didn't have to. That just ends up being the solution to any bedtime battles because you're tired, they're tired, everyone just wants to get to sleep. So I'm just going to lay here and whereas before you didn't have to do that. And then what can happen as a consequence of that is they wake up in the night because you were there when they fell asleep and now all of a sudden, hang on a minute, mum's gone. She was here. I'm going to go and get her and she can come lay back with me and we can go back to sleep like we did initially at the start of the night. So by all means, there's nothing wrong with doing that. And that works for a lot of families, but that can just be one of the problems we see come out of making that transition a little bit too early. Yeah. And we know when you have sleepers that are in the cot and they're sleeping beautifully overnight and then they do come into a bed, we want to settle them how we always have. And we don't want to let them feel uneasy about going into the bed and that they need now mum or dad or someone to sit with them for whatever reason, because that then leads to that pattern of more frequent wake-ups, early morning rising, all that sort of thing. So yeah, what can start off as a novelty of like, oh yeah, I'll sit with you and pat you until you're asleep, very quickly for a toddler will turn into the expectation and that is all they want and they are not going to sleep until you are sitting by that bed doing all the things. Yeah. And it's one of those things too, once they've had a taste of pushing one boundary, it's like, oh, okay, well, this worked for that. So maybe mm-hmm. we'll put it on, you know, the extra book or yeah. It's all the demands. Hard. Yeah. Yeah. Because they really are g- getting that sort of sense of self-awareness too and, and boundaries and whatnot. So it, it's a tricky age as it is sleep-wise, but yeah, to throw that sort of transition into a bed in the mix when they don't have that impulse control, it can, yeah, definitely Rustle a few feathers. Mm. And just leads to unpredictability when we've always done what we've done and now we're changing where we sleep and we also are changing how we settle. So it can just lead to longer settles, not knowing what's happening, you know. So it's so important if you can just go in with a really good solid plan of what that settle is going to look like if your toddler is going to get out of bed, which is probably going to happen. So you should have a really good plan in okay, what am I going to do? What's our plan of attack to do this settle without us having to be super involved ongoing, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And I think one of those things that you just touched on too is like trying to keep that consistency. That goes for the bedtime routine as well. Like just because you've now changed from cot to a bed doesn't mean that that wind down routine needs to be any different. Like we want to keep as much predictability and consistency in that bedtime settle as we can. The only thing you've changed is the spot they're sleeping. You haven't changed anything else. As much as they may seem like they're a little bit older now, they're in a bed, they still need that wind down routine, like turn off the screens and you know dim the lights and have those bedtime stories and do exactly as you had just to keep that predictability so that they know that lead up what's happening and what's about to happen, which is ultimately bedtime. 
And we know the older kids get, they do protest a little bit more. Those demands start coming out, water, another book, haven't said goodnight to the dog, you know, all the things that they will throw at us. But yeah, it is just being really confident in what you've already sort of established prior to this transition and just moving forward with it without sort of stumbling and being like, oh, they they need to go to bed. I need to get them to sleep. I have to sit with them to keep them in bed. Just yeah. trust that they will. They'll go to sleep like they always have. It might just take a little bit longer through that transition. Yeah, they haven't lost that skill. If they could sleep, and that's why, again, we sort of really stress the importance of making sure you have corrected any sleep issues first before making the transition. If they know how to sleep, they haven't lost that skill simply because they're in a bed now. Just, you know, be mindful that it may take a little bit longer for them to go to sleep, but I'm just going to be really consistent. And just like if they were having a protest to go to sleep in their cot, you don't need to go in and force them to go to sleep, you know they can go to sleep and they will. It's just going to take a little bit of time, a little bit of space, and that little bit of space is usually where the magic happens. Mm -hmm. (laughs) The next common reason why we might rush the transition is a new little sibling coming into the family. And, you know, it can be around that two-year age gap sometimes, like Christy, even before the two years. (laughs) (laughs) So, again, we really would say either try and pick up another cot on marketplace or just try not to have that as your decision to make the transition because you want to use the cot for the new baby. Lots of people use bassinets now, so you do have three or four months with that when they do come home. But yeah, sometimes if a new baby's coming in and they've got a new sleep space, the toddler, it again leads to really difficult bedtime settles and now you've got a baby as well. So it's harder for you to sort of help them through that. Yeah. And they can also get that little bit of sense of like jealousy and resentment too. If they see their new sibling that's getting all this attention, everyone's talking about the baby, their baby's got their bed. Mm. It was my cot. (laughs) So There's a lot to consider there. Um, Like you just said, you're going to be dealing with a newborn that's going to be waking overnight. So the last thing you need is also a toddler waking. Um, I did my girls fairly close in age and I was like, look, Elkie's sleeping. I'm not going to stir the pot. So I did. I got a secondhand cot off Marketplace and just bought like a cheaper mattress that I knew would do me until I could get the good mattress out of Elkie's cot because then she would be in a bed. But Mm. like... It was the best thing I ever did and I was able to sell the cot like after a few months once Elkie went to a bed and sold the secondhand cot again. So mm. I wasn't any worse off. And you can always borrow them off friends too. Some friends will often have some sitting there around and when they're in between transitions. But at the end of the day, obviously, you need to make that decision and what works for your family. But just really um, be mindful that if you've got a good thing going on, we don't want to mess with that. Mm. Is your little one an amazing sleeper? You can pop them in the cot and they'll happily go to sleep unassisted, but there's still that one pain point you can't get on top of, whether it be transitioning from naps, early starts, fragmented night sleep, false starts, whatever it is, our quick fix consult is perfect for you and your family. We can go through your situation, identify what is causing that one little issue and put a plan in place and restore sleep to your house. All you have to do is go to our website, book in that 30-minute consult, and sleep is on its way. When I moved my first son, we didn't do the toddler bed. We just went straight to the floor mattress, like king single on the floor. So we didn't put the base in yet just so he could adjust to that not having sides. And if he fell out, it would just be a little tiny drop to the floor. So that's the other kind of question we get is, 
where do we go? Do we do the toddler bed? Do we do a single or double? It's whatever suits your family. If, you know, you, you might, that might be your spare room as well. So it might be better to get a queen and then your toddler can sleep elsewhere if you have people over or whatever it is. Some people like having a bigger bed if your toddler gets sick so you can sort of be in with them rather than bring them into your bed if they need a little bit of help when they're not well. But yeah, what did you do, Christy? Did you do toddler bed? Yeah. So, well, actually, initially I bought Elkie like a king single because I was like, oh, look, I'd rather get a bit bigger one because, you know, just in case they're sick or like Mitch needs to go and sleep there if she's, you know, like we haven't even spare bed. It's just a bit bigger. Mm-hmm. And I ordered online from run some random store and it came and it was like 10 foot tall. It was like Mount, Mount Everest. So I was like, oh my God, I cannot have Elkie. Now if she falls, she's going to break a collarbone. So, <laughs> um, yeah, so I remember I just went and got like a toddler bed and it was so cute. I would love it. It was like, honestly, you just put your little cot mattress in it and it was such a good transition for her and she slept in it for ages. Then, yeah, I used it with Minka and Hattie as well. I think Hattie was in it too, like she was three and a half and it was it was awesome. That's- and then to be honest, then my girls just went to Queens because I was like, mm. if I'm going to fork out the money for a good mattress, I'm going to get it with something that's going to last them for a while and they're still all in them now. So Yeah, my oldest is in a queen now. <laughs> yeah, and I don't know, like again, it really is going to come down to what you can fit into your house as well into the room. But for us, that just always worked and we always had a spare bed if anyone was coming to stay. Mm. And they like it now. Like they have sleepovers together and their friends come over. But yeah, the toddler beds are good, floor beds are good, just gives you peace of mind too. But, you know, there are heaps of good like bed rails out there you can get as well. Mm. But just, yeah, really going to come down to your family situation. And then you just want to look at the setup of your room. So like Christy said earlier, we want to treat the room as a cot, essentially putting the baby gate on. Just remove anything that you might find they could climb up on or hurt themselves. Mm. Um, just make Especially it quite the bare. Jaws, like yep. if they can pull them out and climb up on them. Just want to look for hazards. I know it sounds a little OTT, but there's a lot. Like even like blinds, like cords in your room, things like that. They yep. can become, you know, strangulation hazards. Like there's a lot of baby proofing that you need to do. And I guess too, like this, again, it sounds a little bit dramatic, but remove toys out of sight because mm. if there's that temptation to get out of bed and have a play, they're probably going to do it. And at the age when we're usually looking at transitioning to a cot, most children are on the cusp of like, you know, getting a nap in is usually hard at the best of times. So it can sort of make that nap time a little bit harder too and stalling at bedtime. So if you've got a toy box there, maybe just keep it out of sight so that mm-hmm. it's not always going to be a problem, but it, it is something that can potentially become a problem. Uh, another little trick or little hack that we have found help sometimes is keeping your cot assembled in the room if you can, whilst doing the transition. So if you've been speaking about it with your toddler and at that age closer to sort of three where they can really understand and comprehend what's going on, they are a little bit better with understanding natural consequences. So if, you know, they continue to get out of bed and not sort of staying quiet and trying to close their eyes and things, you can have that boundary of, okay, you know, Christy, if you Mm -hmm. aren't staying in your bed, mummy is going to have to put you back in the cot to make sure you're safe and we can try again tomorrow. So that's okay to do as well. And just so they really know that, you know, we need to make sure you're safe and not climbing around everywhere and playing around in your room. So that can be a good transition if, of course, you didn't move them in the first place because they were climbing out and it was just sort of the time. But yeah, I found that sort of helped, especially with my second... (laughs) 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> Didn't need to use it for my first, but definitely my little cherub. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now. Yeah, and I think too in terms of touching on keeping the cot up, we would keep the cot up, but I would move the cot to the other side of the room. So have your bed in the same place that the cot was. The reason for this is because if your little one's used to sleeping where they are and being a toddler, they're probably, you know, starting to develop like a little bit of fear of darkness, imagination, things. So if they're used to falling asleep in the spot where they can see a hall light on or they know like when they wake up, they can see in their room where things are positioned, it may just help to keep things a little bit more consistent and seamless. Not essential, but it's just another thing that can just help to make that transition a little bit seem a little bit more seamless. So once we've made that decision to get them into the bed, it's important to remember too that this is going to be new to them. They're used to sleeping in a cot without doonas and things like that. So yes, now they're in a bed, you can introduce a pillow safely. But in terms of blankets, while you will have blankets on the bed, they're more than likely not going to have that ability yet to pull them up in the middle of the night when they get cold. And I don't know about you, but if you've seen a toddler sleep, they're usually all around that bed kicking things off and moving around, especially while they're getting used to a bigger sleep environment. Doing donuts. Yeah. So (laughs) if you've ever slept near one, you'll know. I would 100% keep them in a sleep suit just while they get used to developing the ability to pull those blankets up. They don't register that, oh, I'm cold. I'm going to pull my doona up. It's like, mum, I'm cold. (laughs) Yeah. Then they're awake. And The other thing too is it's just going to give you peace of mind too. If you feel like they're going to potentially kick their blankets off, you're probably not going to sleep the best and you're going to be up every minute like checking on them. So pop them in that sleep suit. They've still got legs. They can still walk around, but it's just going to be a tog rated, warm, essentially you're going to be their doona. And you'll see over time they'll eventually develop that ability, but it's just going to make that transition a little bit easier again. Yep. So in terms of blankets, linen, doonas, Make the transition fun for them. Don't make it a, you know, it's an exciting time. So trying to give them a little bit of control over like their bedspread or a cushion as much as the aesthetic of your home may (laughs) cringe at the thought of a, you know, a bluey doona. Um, I have one. (laughs) (laughs) I'd have one if I could too, but (laughs) it doesn't really fit the brief. (laughs) Yeah, so it. That will make it a little bit more exciting for them, especially if you have a new sibling because it's a little bit more about them and, yeah, it makes it a bit personal. And I think feel well, just a little hot tip, maybe just pick two or three out on your phone for them to choose because I remember I went to Spotlight with my second and there was a lot to choose from and it well, was like, I need all the things. I'm like, okay, this did not work. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not buying. Don't walk into a dares. <laughs> They're in there for days. Gosh. Yeah. So that's just another little tip because yeah, there can be some that are a little bit hesitant to do it, and you don't have a choice. You've got to do it. So it can just give them a little bit of control over it, and yeah, and make it fun. So going over like all the things to consider first, back onto the age. So again, at least two and a half, if close to three, perfect. Making sure you've got those healthy. A sustainable sleep foundations down first because moving to a big bed isn't going to be the answer to that. Making sure the cot is still set up. Don't take that down if you can avoid it. Popping the bed over where the cot was just to keep the sort of sleep environment familiar. Baby gate, must have is a baby gate. The sleep suit, so as much as you're still going to a doona, we're going to still keep a sleep suit on for that temperature drop and that peace of mind. You can now introduce a pillow as well. There's lots of really good toddler pillows on the market and they're not like the high profile and 
they're breathable. So there's, um, yeah, they're always a great option too. We will be keeping our wind down routine the same because that is going to be crucial. That lead up is going to help with what essentially is going to happen at bedtime. Just on that as well, if you haven't ever done role play with your toddler, now is a good time to introduce a little bit of, you know, uh, like a doll or a favorite toy or whatever, putting them to bed with your toddler first and then doing their bedtime as well. And then getting very excited when you go in in the morning and, you know, the doll or the toys slept so well in their bed all night. (laughs) I know. Yeah. And that's it. You can't, honestly, you can't underestimate the power of role play. Mm -hmm. It sounds ridiculous. Ridiculous, but just have a think about your little one. Like when they start to mimic you doing things like driving a car or talking on the phone, all those things they've watched you do. Saying naughty words. Yeah. <laughs> Not in this house. <laughs> don't know what goes on in yours. Um, but yeah, I I don't know. Like, yeah, it's it's something that I think until you've actually really tried it it's easy to diss but yeah role play is so impactful feel a bit silly but it is really they love it they really yeah lots so cute and yeah so get their favorite teddy or their favorite toy might be like woody or buzz lightyear it might be a teddy and get them to make a little bed and tuck it in and show them how it's done and then also too like in the morning get them to get their teddy up and say oh you were so clever teddy you stayed in your bed all night you're so clever so, oh no, that actually sort of leads onto another thing too. We can also, if you do find there's a few issues happening with bedtime and staying in bed, like sticker charts and rewards charts at this age are really, really useful and again, really impactful. We have some on the website, don't we? We have, um, so we have cards. So yeah, our flashcards to the flash lead up. Yeah. For the lead up. So they're a free download on our website. You can get them. So that basically just shows you a little on the sequence of events because, you know, being able to visualize things makes it a little bit easier for them to comprehend. So it's got, you know, dinner, bath, pajamas, books, teeth, all that thing. So they can sort of show you the next thing to happen in their sequence of events to winding down. But yeah, rewards charts are super, super useful at this age. And toddlers love praise. Like they really do love it and they aim to please. They they honestly aim to please. So if you can keep that sort of praise going and it, it does help to sort of really encourage them to stay in that bed. And yeah, just choose like a sticker that they like, whether it be like Wiggles or Bluey or something and make a big deal out of it. Big song and dance every morning if they've stayed in their bed and done, you know, as we sort of have done a good job. Yeah. Yeah. Even if it doesn't look perfect, if you got there in the end, that's the goal. And then obviously we just try to get it a little bit smoother each night. And don't carry on too much about the fact that they didn't do something. You know, it might just be a matter of just highlighting, well, today we're not getting our sticker back because we didn't stay in our bed, but that's okay. That's okay. We're going to try again tonight, aren't we? Let's try again tonight. Like high five, let's do it. Yeah. Rather than going, no, you're not getting yours because you you were a naughty girl last night. <laughs> it's, yeah, you really just want to sort of keep that like motivation in their back of their mind. And you might, depending on the age, you could introduce a few bedtime sort of rules that you could come up together with. Again, it's going to be age dependent if you're closer to that three age. You could talk about that together. Some kids really respond well to that. Some won't really care about the rules. <laughs> <laughs> Most don't know about the rules at this age. <laughs> but it's just a good thing to come back to if we need Yeah. <laughs> I know. Yeah, it is. Um, but again, like it is all going to come down to just being super, super consistent at this age, trusting the process and really just taking a few deep breaths. So. <laughs> and we obviously can help out with like a tailored 
more so plan of exactly what that settle will look like for you and your toddler with your circumstances. So consults are great for that. Even if you just need like a 30 minute one, if you've got all the sleep stuff sorted, it's just a little bit of that transition that you need help with. That's a good way to go as well. Yeah, absolutely. And we've got a free cot to bed transition spreadsheet that you can find the info for in the show notes. But yeah, we hope that sort of that does give you a clear answer in terms of when you should make that transition. Good starting. Yeah, it is going to come down to what's going to work for your family. But that's just based on our experience as mums and sleep consultants and working with toddlers day in, day out. (laughs) So if you have got any questions, you can pop over and chat to us on Instagram or pop us an email. But for now, we are sending you all sleepy vibes and praying that you get a good night's sleep. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Thank you so much for joining us for today's episode of the Sleep Teacher Pod. We hope you've walked away feeling just that little bit more at ease with your parenting journey. Please remember, nothing is a problem until it actually becomes a problem for you and your family. If you've enjoyed our company today, we would love if you could please subscribe or leave a review or maybe even both. But if you are wanting more sleep tips right away, use the link in the show notes to find out how you can get started with one of our amazing sleep consultants and follow us over on Instagram at The Sleep Teacher. We can't wait to be back in your ears next week with more sleep tips. Nighty night.